Welcome to the Speak With People podcast. My name is Jason Rates. I'll be your host, and this podcast exists to help you improve your communication skills. Whether you communicate one-on-one, to a team, from a stage, or from behind a screen, we know that when we improve our communication skills as leaders, it exponentially changes everything. It improves our relationships, it improves our leadership skills, and it improves our business skills. So let's get ready to dive into this next episode. Well, today I'm so excited because we have just an incredible guest on the podcast. We're going to talk about a story and how do we persuade an audience with our story? How do we do it through inspiration rather than manipulation? And I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm beyond excited to sit down with Mary Snyder. She is just an amazing leader, speaker, coach. Uh, every single time that uh, her and I have interacted, I walk away with just a pile of notes. She just pours out such incredible uh, help and wisdom and insights. And so Mary, I'm so excited that you are on the podcast today. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. And um, y'all don't know this, but my chair decided it wanted to go down really low. So immediately as I was being introduced, my chair sunk. So that tells you everything you need to know about me. Everything you need to know about me. Right there in a nutshell. I am I try really hard to stay humble, <laughs> but I'm super excited. Thank you so much for being, yes. for inviting me. I love that you speak with people. When we first met, I love the with. It is so important. I love it. And I, I thought that I came up with the phrase, I was feeling really good with myself. And then I found out somebody sent me an article that the great Vin Scully from uh, LA Dodgers announcer said this like 50 years ago. So I was like, ah, oh, but the with or at, I love it. But, but see, here's the thing that just proves that you were following in the footsteps of greatness. There we go. There we I go. Mean, I don't really know anything about sports, but I do know <laughs> the Dodgers are a big deal. That's all yes. Yes. Don't know I if they're it. currently a big deal, but they have been a big deal. They have been. Yes. Well, hey, before we hop into this conversation, could you just give our listeners a little bit more of your story, who you are, what you do, sure. where you're from, all that kind of stuff? Absolutely. Well, you can probably tell by the sound of my voice, I am not from New York City. So I am from the Deep South. I I love being from the Deep South because that means I make really good cornbread and chicken mm. and dumplings. So there's that. Um, I am a speaker coach, a storytelling strategist, and a nonprofit strategist. What does that mean? People are like, what's that? I help you tell the right story at the right time and to the right people. Mm. Whether you're speaking to a church group or you're speaking to a room full of donors and supporters, or you're speaking to whoever on social media, I help you tell the right story at the right time to the right people. That's what I do. Boy, I love that. If you, you, you could have been, it could have been, um, I can't remember. It's not an acronym, an acrostic or something like that. Cause you have the SS and then you're the nonprofit strategist. So you had this, you know, speaker coach, the storytelling strategist, and then nonprofit strategist. If there is social a way security number, that's SSN. So next time you think of next time you see social security number, there you go. you're going to immediately go, that's Mary R. Snyder, but not really. <laughs> <laughs> But That's yeah. perfect. I love it. That's love. I love it. Well, I'm so excited because we were introduced from a mutual friend, Eric, who runs the Christian Podcasters Association and learned so much from it. And uh, I'm, I've been, you know, uh, geeked and excited waiting for this 
uh, conversation just because every time I feel like I, I get to have a conversation with you, I really do. I, I feel, uh, I leave feeling encouraged. You give me, you know, such, such practical wisdom and advice. And I just, I'm so grateful for that. So thank well, you. Well, thank you so much. It's so nice to hear. Cause the last thing you want to hear is that when people have a conversation with you, they leave depressed and feel like their soul's been sucked out. <laughs> we all have those people in our lives too. I mean, let's just, let's just, Jason, let's just both of us. We do. All have those people because you know what those people do they remind us that people who help us be positive and uplifted that is important those that's people right, are that's right. <laughs> those other people make me eat chips and queso a lot that's just <laughs> there'll be a whole other series on the podcast you know how to respond to people who suck the life out of you i actually think <laughs> probably would be a great series because that would that'd be a lot of us there be a lot. I can I come on that? I'm gonna, I, yeah, I'm absolutely. Gonna, I'm going to come with stories. I'm going to come anonymously with stories. Yes. So. Yes. <laughs> we'll get one of those voice adapters, and you know we're yes. ready to go. <laughs> well, speaking sadly, of, I am recognized. <laughs> I love it. Well, speaking of story, maybe take us back in time. You know, share a part from your own journey where it kind of clicked for you. You know, that moment where you're telling a story and you could see the audience you know, leaning in, moving with you, you know, and you didn't have to resort to manipulation or, you know, all that kind of stuff. You just, you saw the, you know, the inspiration in their eyes. Like, when did it start to click for you? I, I, I'm a lifetime storyteller. So I grew up telling stories, but let me, and it's just, I grew, I grew up sitting at the, the knee of my mother and my aunt who would sit around a kitchen table with a pot of coffee, and, and I'm gonna set the stage for you. It's percolated. If you don't know what percolated coffee is, that's coffee you sat on the stove, at preferably gas, and it's a, like a tin looking metal thing. And it had to get so hot that coffee would boil up into the grounds that were at the top and come back down. So they sat there with this percolated cup of coffee a pot of coffee between them and they would pour lukewarm coffee that was so black it was as black as soot and so Oof. strong it would make you cry and my aunt was a lifetime smoker and she smoked at that time she smoked for virginia slims i thought it was the coolest thing ever and she would smoke cigarettes and they would tell stories and they always had great stories about like miss adkins mm. i don't know miss adkins but she's a big woman because they would say you know that right there, you could put, you could put, that's big enough, put Miss Atkins in. Um, and then there was Dick. Um, I don't know who Dick is, but I know that it was always tighter than Dick's hat band. So they all had these stories and phrases. And I knew I wanted to tell stories like them because they were fascinating. I also wanted to smoke cigarettes. That wasn't healthy. I didn't do that. Um, <laughs> recently, I was speaking to a women's group. It was a junior league group. I know right now, people that are listening, they're like, they let the junior league let you come. They do let me come sometimes. Um, and I was telling that story and I watched the women's, I just watched them and I could see in their eyes, they were reliving the stories of their mother and their grandmother because we've lost mm. the art of sitting around a table. I mean, my, my mom and her sisters, and she had more than one, this was just one that lived close by. They didn't sit and scroll social media and doom scroll at the dining room table. When we were together, there was always a story being told. Mm. They didn't turn the TV on. Now, they might later, but there was always stories when we got together. There was always really dark black coffee and stories. And 
I watched those women just, I saw it clicking in their head. I remember those stories and how they made me feel. Mm. So I'm on the stage telling my story and they're experiencing their story. Mm. And that power of storytelling. It's not about you. It's about what it does in the heart of the person listening. Mm. Boy, that's so powerful. That's so powerful. And it's something that I I hope is not lost on families of today because, you know, we have these handy dandy devices and we go to dinner and, you know, we're all kind of on our device. And, you know, I, I can't remember which podcast guest I was interviewing a couple months ago, but they said their mother had passed away. And the, the last couple months before her death, they were a little bit estranged and he was just dealing with some grief because he realized yeah. there was just a lot of stories that he wasn't able to hear because, you know, she was gone too soon. And, you know, to be able to, you know, really lean into that generational storytelling, so incredibly important. And it matters for families, it matters for corporations, it matters for nonprofits who I work with, it matters for people who are messengers, I call people that are called by God to share their story in a more public forum. Yes. That's that's why stories matter. Look at how the Bible was written. It was written in stories. Yep. It's one incredible story. Well, there's lamentations, but we won't get that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know, there, but it's story after story, Jesus spoke in parables. It's what moves people to action. Yep. Yep. Think about your favorite commercial, right? My favorite commercial is anything with the Budweiser horses. I don't like Budweiser. I don't drink beer. <laughs> but I would show up for a Budweiser Clydesdale because yep. they yep. do great stories. They're just amazing. Why do you think, uh, and, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm off on this, but because I, you know, travel and speak and, you know, talk to different executives and, and leaders. Why do you think sometimes there's this stigma that story is, you know, maybe less than important mm. or maybe some leaders haven't really capitalized on the power of story yet? Like, it's just stories. You know, let me just get to the heart of what my company can do for you instead of, you know, the story. Why do you, why do you think, you know, some of us sometimes as leaders a little bit slow to the you know, the realization that, you know, story is the way to go. It's so powerful. Well, because we are money driven. Mm. We are driven by a few things, money, fame, and power. Those are the things that drive typical U.S. citizens. Yeah. And none of those talk about story. Now, when you, but you said get to the heart of it. Because oftentimes in corporate world or in nonprofit world, when you sit at those high levels, you're thinking about balance sheets and bottom lines. Mm. You're, the heart of what you do is not in your P&L. It is mm. in your people. It's Boy, the P&L is a result of what is happening in your organization. But to tell the story of the PNL, that's important. We need to know. I mean, I when I listen to a nonprofit, I want to know where my money went. Sure. But you can tell me that in story. You can tell me about the one million dollars that was raised to build this incredible bridge for this community. I don't know if yeah. it was one million, probably not. But you can tell me the story of the family that now can get to visit their family on the other side of the river right without having to trek for four days 
Wow. Wow. It, that's, that tells me what happened to my money. And then you can show me the breakdown and all that other stuff. The heart of what we do is built in the stories of the dollars. Mm. Flip that switch over. You know, that guy, the one that used to be on late night TV. Now he's all over the internet. Um, I call him the bro marketer. A lot of people call him bro marketer. He's the guy that talks about how he always flies private or he may have a jet. Mm. Um, and he's driving either a Lamborghini or some other ridiculously expensive car. He has this, he's fantastically good looking, like airbrushed good looking. Um, he's made a gazillion dollars and you can too. You can never figure out what he's made his money doing. Like, are you running drugs? What are you doing? All I know is that I get to be like him. He's telling you a story, mm. a story of fame, money, and power. And because that story speaks to us, yep. that's why he can sell that product, which basically he's going to tell you that if you go and tell people, rent the plane, rent the car, rent the wife. If you go do all of that, I'll get all the rentals and go tell people that they too can do this. If they pay you $10,000, that's how he's making his money. Just so you know. Right. Um, <laughs> basically just doing it, telling you how to do what he just did. Yes. But that's his story. Yeah. We all have a story. Boy, I love that. How do we, how do we balance the line between uh, manipulation and inspiration? Because uh, like you, yeah, I've been telling stories, you know, uh, when I was 11 years old, I heard, I heard someone came home, built a stage in my basement, invited my neighborhood kids over and stood on the stage. You know, I just love telling stories, but I, oh. you know, I can, I, I remember when it hit me in my twenties when I was like, Ooh, I'm telling the story. It, it, I'm, I'm on the manipulation side here. How do we balance that between manipulating so, our audience and inspiring them? That is, you know, my, one of my biggest things is inspiration over manipulation, mm. particularly for somebody that comes from a nonprofit world that works with children in the developing world. Um, I worked for an organization that gets kids sponsored. Mm -hmm. I can manipulate the snot out of you, but, but I don't because that is not ethical. And here's, here's what you yep. don't do. And I want to, what you don't do is, is let me give you some phrases. Give today. So this child lives, mm. you know, you can give $37 today. And if you do, then this child, this child's life is spared. Or mm. um, if you donate $50 today, then this hospital will be able to provide, will be able to provide care for this, this child who will die without it. It's a life and death thing. And it even can be less, much more underhanded. If you, if you, it's implied that you are not doing something. Like, you know, if you don't, then um, this bad thing will happen. If you don't give, then these people will continue to live in poverty. And every, and every day, one yep. point, you know, 4.5 4. children die every minute due to poverty. So you can choose not to give. That's your choice. But while I've been talking, eight children have died. Mm. How many more minutes are going to go by? I can manipulate the snot out of you and make you write me a check. Yep. What you're yep. not going to do is get connected to the passion and the mission. 
you're going to write the check and you're going to turn your back and walk away. Yeah. Because yeah. you've checked the box. Yeah. And we oh. love that as U.S. citizens. Yes. Why do you think all these churches go on mission trips? Right. I've done my duty. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go oh. over there. I checked you, the box. Oh, you said so many good things there. One of the things that just, I'll start with the reminder. You said, uh, it reminded me of, uh, we've had Mike Goodwin, comedian on the podcast before. and His big phrase is, what you're not going to do. <laughs> What you're not going to do. I love that. Because I grew up with a mama that said, hear me what you're not going to do. <laughs> I love that. I had the opportunity once to go on a, a vision trip to Ecuador with Compassion. Mm -hmm. And uh, West Effort actually was on the trip. And love him. I tell you, I, I don't know if I've ever had a more powerful moment. We're sitting in this, you know, old rundown school, no electricity, no plumbing, you know, somewhere in Ecuador. And, Wes was talking about, you know, freeing children from poverty. And it was, I mean, the most powerful thing. I had my 12-year-old, yeah. 13-year-old, 14-year-old daughter with me. I mean, it yes. was just, you know, being able to tell that story. Whew. And I learned, I learned the storytelling tactics from Wes's teachings. I worked for Compassion. But even before I worked for Compassion, I read Wes's books uh, or book and I learned from people that worked for him before I even went to work for them. The phrase was um, poverty pornography. Mm. You will never see a compassion child that has flies all over him, that has a distended belly. He shows the hope of what will happen when you link arms with them. We're not going to show, but we still, I mean, compassion still talks about, they sure. are a client of mine. They still could talk about the before and after, but the focus is always on the power of the sponsorship. Yeah. And what Wes refused to do was what was going on when Wes took over with compassion. And if you remember, I don't know what the organization was, but it was a famous actress. I'm not going to say her name. I don't want to get anybody in trouble. She's a blonde and she was on a show. Um, there's a lot of blondes on shows with Carol O'Connor. Um, and she would do this whole like 20 minute thing at late night TV. And it would be showing her with these children that were starving. Oh. And it was all about if you give today. And I mean, literally everybody sent them $25, I think at the time. Right. It, you know what my, it, but nobody ever sent it again. It's like that show that, that um, ASPCA. That commercial in the arms of an angel and all the little pets, I will run from the other end of the house, fling myself across my sofa, which by the way, is not easy because I am not <laughs> athletic at all to shut that thing off because it just the song alone. Yep. I'm like, okay, there's a, there's a puppy dying somewhere. It, people give to that, but they don't connect with it. People connect with inspiration, not manipulation. Oh, boy, that's so good. Boy, that's so good. So walk us into, you know, if I'm a nonprofit leader right now, this is a fascinating time, right? They, they probably already got their plan in place because Giving oh, yeah. Tuesday's coming up and end of year giving. But if they giving. haven't taken that step to figure out that story that they tell, you know, yeah. is, is there a couple of uh, insights that you would give them to be able to go, okay, hey, you, you got to get on this. Here's how you find your story and begin to tell it. I always tell them they need to have three stories. You need to know why mm. you started. That's your origin story. Okay. 
That's the story. And I call it your passion story. It's the reason why you are working for this organization, whether it's yours or you joined it. It's when I worked with Compassion. I could tell you why I went to work there and what I loved about the work of Compassion. Um, I have friends that work for IJM and they can tell you why they work for the International Justice Mission mm. and passion behind why that. I've got friends that started their non nonprofit. The why behind what you do. We forget to remind people why we are passionate about it. One of my clients is passionate about educating people on gardening in the developing world because she saw people starving to death on fertile land. Mm. They did not know how to grow the right things. So she's passionate. That's the first story. The second story, so that's your passion story, your origin story. The second story is your conversion story. This is called transformational story. It is what can, what, what is the conversion? What happened? So tell me about the, before your ministry was there or your mission, your humanitarian aid. And after one of my clients provides water filters mm. before this community was built on top of a old trash heap. That's you heard me. It is a garbage dump. Mm. People lived on it. You can imagine their water sources were not good. Mm. People died from this bad water, or if they didn't, they were consistently sick and infants were often incredibly ill. They got a water filter. They still live on a garbage heap, but they have clean water. Mm. That means they can go to work every day. So you're telling the before and after, yep. and you're telling the story of one person. Yep. Just one, not a whole village. Let me tell you about one. Juan couldn't go to school because every other week he was suffering from basically what we would call dysentery. Yeah. From bad water until, and then you tell who showed up and then what is going on now? He's in school. He's educated. He's healthy. He's thriving. His eyes are bright and white. He's no longer jaundice. He's the top of his class, the before and after. The last story is what I call the anti-hero story. Now you've yeah. always heard, hey, make him the hero of the story. Guess what people don't want to be anymore? The hero mm. that reeks of saviorism. Ah. It reeks of it. Let's make the people there the 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 heroes let's talk about what um what brianna did in africa to help isabel yeah and what we want to do is we want to showcase the power of what happened in isabel's life through brianna's story so it's telling one story of one person and it's focusing on the hero mm -hmm. and helping your supporters see and understand how can they link arms with you and rise up another Brianna times a hundred. That's anti-hero. You're no longer the hero. You're basically, you're putting the cape on the hero. Right. Wow. It changes the narrative. If you have those three stories and you understand how to tell them. Yeah your people will give and 
and for nonprofits, you're right. Annual giving's coming up. Giving Tuesday's coming up. Don't let be let that be the only time you talk to your donors. Mm, right. I'm. You'll be shocked at how many nonprofits because I work with a lot. Tell me, oh Mary, we only uh, we like we send newsletters. Okay, that's good. But if somebody's forking over five figures to you, right? And all they're getting is a thank you card, one call, and a newsletter. Right. You got to build a relationship with these people. Absolutely. So, and it, whether they're giving you five dollars or five hundred thousand, you have to build relationships, and those vary depending on where they are on that spectrum. But it's all about using stories to build relationships. That's so powerful. That's so powerful. Oh my goodness. You, you just think about how many nonprofits would be further down the road if they did, you know, they did communicate that way, tell the the story of actually what's happening. You know, the the last thing you want, right. You know, for your people to be like, Oh, I wonder what's happening with them. Listen, I was at one thing, Jason, I almost fell out of my chair. I was sitting there because I love to watch somebody on a stage because I do that. I go on stages. I do appeals for organizations and I'm watching this and it's so good. And this woman's telling this story about her mom or this woman goes down to the border to get an abortion and she decides not to get an abortion. And it's just so powerful. It's in the 60s and a time when abortion was incredibly taboo. You had to go to Mexico to get one. It was illegal. Mm. And she stops. And she said, and because my mother didn't have that, because she didn't have that abortion, I'm here today. That was my mother. And my job is to help women just like her find a way so they don't have to resort to abortion. You could feel people pulling out checkbooks, not that people have checkbooks, but you know what I mean? People were like, here's my, I mean, I was, I was like, here's my, all my American dollars. How many you want? You could feel the collective room of about 450 people, mostly female, leaning forward in their seats. All she had to do was say, I need you to give X. And every one right. of us would have done it. Here's we our were number. Let's hit it. Yeah. I mean, these are all faith-based women. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about um, helping other young women who find themselves in situations. And then she starts talking about the number of trucks they have. And she goes into this very detailed of their mobile units and how much it costs to build a mobile unit. You can literally, you, I watched the crowd and it, it, they almost sunk into their seat. Mm. She went on for another 10, 15 minutes. And by the time she was done, she had lost everyone. She had them in the palm of her hand. All she had to do was close it. And that's one of many stories. Yep. Is we forget that you don't have to communicate everything in that moment. Just tell them what you need and people need a roadmap. How do they get there? I know what you're doing. I love what you're doing. How do I help you? Right. Wow. What, uh, what advice would you give to the speaker who, I mean, we live in a day and age where, uh, I mean, with AI, with information everywhere uh, and, you know, everything's online. And so, what would you what would you give the advice to the speaker the storyteller who's just maybe they're 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 just flubbing you know the story you know a little bit and maybe they're taking somebody else's story and making it their own you know and they're just kind of you know walking into that uncomfortable like oof you know 
that that's actually happened to me once before because I I tell a story about you know proposing to my my uh, future father-in-law and I end up breaking his toilet in his hundred-year-old farmhouse. It's it's a mess. It just the toilet breaks in half. There's water everywhere. Leaks through the ceiling. This is the first my first impression with my new in-laws. Well, somebody texts me once and they're like, "I'm listening to your story." There's somebody telling it, you know, and it was like, <laughs> it was, it was like right on par with, I'm like, Hey, it could have happened, you know, toilet breaking in half, but what advice would you give, you know, especially to well, the storytellers who, you know, kind of want to make the, you know, that story they heard their own. Well, first of all, don't, cause that's theft. Mm. It's straight up stealing. What you can do is you can, you can say, let me tell you this. Let me tell you Jason's story. Mm. If you want to tell Jason's story, but that feels dumb. Just hear the, listen to the words coming out of my mouth. You have an original story. It doesn't have to be big. I've just did. I've just wrote out one about opening the door of a 1979 Suburban and smelling the interior. And I'm like back into my childhood. You have a story. Don't take someone else's because you know what that looks like? Have you ever seen a, like a really bad, like diamond L? It kind of looks like a diamond. It looks okay, but you know, something's off, you know, it's off. And Mm. that's what it's going to be. When you take someone else's story, it's never going to be right. It's always going to be off. Yeah. And it's also theft. Right. And I hope that you called that speaker or at least emailed them and said, dude, <laughs> or chick, that's mine. And a lot of people don't think it's a big deal to take somebody else's story, but it is absolutely plagiarism and it's not okay. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Boy, that's, boy, that's fascinating. Oh man. To be able to do that. Okay. So, um, as we kind of, around the corner of our conversation, any, any advice you would give last minute advice, you know, you've given us such great wisdom uh, already, such gold, you know, to our listeners, but is there any advice you would give to the newer storytellers who are, you know, trying to get to this place where they've, they've seen other speakers tell a story and they could feel the audience lean in, you know, any advice to those newer storytellers to say, Hey, you know, keep working on these things and you'll get there. Absolutely. Well, first of all, study the craft, study the mm. ones you love. Ted talks are some of the best. Love it. Watch how they open. You have seven seconds to captivate your audience. And by captivate, I mean, you've got to have them right in the palm of your hand. So when you open, open in the middle of the action, right where the story starts, use, use your voice and your body language. You can only hear my voice now. But use your voice because I can make you get really excited just by the way I talk. Right. Then I can take you into a place that is very, very much mindful. We're going to be thoughtful Mm. just by the way I communicate with my voice. Practice that. Practice the ups and downs. Look at the people you like. Do not mimic them. Find your style. I always wanted to be that really smart Mm. Bible teacher but I'm really, I'm really snarky um, <laughs> and, and kind of funny. And so I would end up making a joke in the middle of like the really serious Bible study portion of the text. And I realized that, you know, we're all gifted differently and I just have to lean into who God created me to be. That's right. And 
And I did that and I found my voice. Mm. You're going to find your voice. A lot of people are like, I don't know what story to tell. I want you literally to think about the last thing you did and write a story on it. Mm. I don't care if you're making a ham sandwich. Yep. Make it riveting. Make it exciting. Let that be your homework. I love uh, giving homework, by the way. I love that. I, hated, I love I that. hated homework as a, as a person, but as a student, but I love to give it to people. I love it. I love it. Well, hey, before I let you go, a couple of rapid fire questions that our audience kind of keep getting to know you. Give us, you know, kind of a little bit peek inside of your head. We talk a lot about speakers, speaking, communication on this podcast. Do you do you have a favorite? Is there somebody that you're like, I could listen to them every single day. I love what they they bring as a speaker. I will tell you, Simon Sinek, his writing just owns me. He's a great speaker too. Yes. Um, another one that I love as far as um, in the female realm, I love Priscilla Shire. I think Oof. she can preach house down. Um, I just think she is so powerful. Um, um, uh, Brene Brown is yes. another huge favorite of mine. Um, I mean, I could go, I could go on and on. I like anybody that makes me think and pushes me outside of the box. Mm. Um, so there are so many and and there's some people that you might go, this one's great. And I go, no, I think they're really not. But um, so I won't mention those that I don't. Like. <laughs> uh, well, is there a podcast that you either love from like a development end or a guilty pleasure that just that just fills up your tank? You mean other than this one? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Can I just be honest and tell you that I am a a murder podcast nut? I'm a true crime. I'm a true crime nut. Love it. I I've loved true crime since I read Helter Skelter in the sixth grade, which everything about that's wrong. Who lets a sixth grader read a book, Helter Skelter? If you don't know it, Google it. It's not good. Um, it, yeah. So I love true crime. I love anything, but I want the whole story, like serial. I want. I love a serial podcast. Um, another one that I'm loving right now from an online entrepreneur is called Duped. D U P E D. Huh. It's about the scammers and influencers on the internet. And then another one I like is called, I think it's scam. How bad huh. am I with names? Um, <laughs> but it's all about scammers that are, on, oh, uh, queen of the con. That's a great one. And it's about people that are con artists. That All that just says a lot about me, true crime and con <laughs> artists. I love it. I love it. I love it. Someone just tipped my wife and I into uh, only murderers in the building uh, on Hulu. All about yeah. their yeah, their true crime. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. One last yes. one last question. When it comes to a leadership book, like this is the book that is like, ooh, been a huge guide for you over the years. Is there a leadership book that you would recommend? Oh, I'm looking for it. Hang on. Oh, here it is. <laughs> Good to great. Yes, absolutely. Good to great by Jim Collins. I also like Chip and Dan Heath. Yes. They wrote uh, Made to Stick. Um, I think they're brilliant. I think that uh, Dr. Henry McLeod is brilliant. Mm. Um, it is Dr. Henry McLeod. Or is it Dr. Henry Cloud? I think it's Dr. Henry Cloud. I'm so good at this. Um, <laughs> this is a favorite. Oh. Hughes by Vanessa Van Edwards is a brilliant book. She's brilliant. Y'all can't see this, but I'm holding books up for Jason. He's like, thank you, Mary. <laughs> like, I don't know what they look like. Um, and I'm just looking around for other ones that I like. <laughs> I have a ridiculous amount of books, but those are some of my very favorites. Um, just to get started, Story Brand is good. Although, 
we differ because he's hero story. I'm anti-hero story, mm. but I, but I do have respect for what he does. And I'll tell you somebody else that writes some really great books. And I say that like it's odd um, is John Acuff. Oh yeah. For sure. Um, uh, I followed him since he did. What was it? Stuff Christians like, do. yeah. Stuff Christians like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Then yeah. nobody was following him and it was like me and eight other people um, <laughs> 20 years ago. But yeah, he writes some really good stuff. I love he just it. had a new one come out. I think I need to get that, but yeah, he those are my favorites. Oh, I love those. I love those. Mary, I can't thank you enough for this time. Appreciate oh. you just pouring out wisdom and insights. Uh, before I let you go, is there, where, where can we send our listeners to find out all about you online and get more information? Absolutely. You can find me a lot of places and really it's Mary R. Snyder. Um, if you look on Instagram, Mary R. Snyder, if you go to LinkedIn, it's Mary R. Snyder. You can find my website at impact. It's I M P A C T with story.com. I actually have two websites and the other one's Mary R. Snyder.com. I love it. So, I love it. Um, it's places where my speaking, my nonprofit coaching, one day that will all be in a hub somewhere. We don't know what that day will be, but it will, it will all come together. I love it. <laughs> Thank I love you it. so much for having me. Absolutely. And we'll put all this in the show notes and then we'll also post it all in our Speak With People community Facebook group and get all of your information to them. So thank you thank again you. for being on the show. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. It's been fun. Well, thank you for joining us on another episode of the Speak With People podcast. We hope that you were encouraged. We hope that you were inspired and challenged to improve your communication skills. I want to thank you again for being a part of the Speak With People podcast community. Make sure you don't miss out on being a part of the Speak With People Facebook community group. Just head to Facebook, type in Speak With People, scroll down, enjoy Join our community because every single day we're encouraging each other. We're helping each other to improve our communication skills. Thanks again, and we'll see you in the next episode.